Before we get into the teaching today, I'd like you to notice uh, that there are some scriptures and some discussion questions that I provided for you for each of these lessons, and they are on my website. Um, these are for you to use, uh, but you can use them in a number of different ways, and it depends on, like, if you are uh, using this teaching for a group, a home group, um, you can have those discussion questions and scriptures printed off, handed out at the beginning of a meeting. Um, what I'm suggesting right now is that you stop this teaching, go to the first set of questions and scriptures, and use them for group discussion or just if you're by yourself to meditate on those things, to go through the scriptures, to maybe even write a little bit about uh, how you feel about those questions in there. Um, they're to help engage you and get you um, meditating about the things that I bring up um, after I do a teaching. And so you can you can use these questions any way you want. Um, I don't know what your situation is, and uh, a lot of people don't even own Bibles, so I can't really say, take this home and, and use your Bible. We'll get into how to have a quiet time as we go through our lessons, but we haven't, we haven't taught on that one yet, so um, it just depends on what your situation is, how you would use those questions and scriptures, but I do hope that you will use them and uh, get into them and, and begin to meditate on those things. Discuss them with each other if you're in a group. Um, so um, let's get into our teaching now. And uh, this teaching is called The Quest. Because we are all on a quest, and we pretty much know that we're on a quest, and the quest is for the abundant life. Now, we might define that abundant life in different ways, but we all know more or less that we are on a quest. Nobody wants to live in scarcity or in slavery or just at the bottom of the heap. We want a life more abundant. So let me just give some examples of that, how everybody really is looking for a greater abundance. Um, and we reward those who will help us to gain that greater abundance. So in 1908, Henry Ford invented the Model T. And this was the first mass-produced car. Immediately, a lot of people saw that having an automobile enabled them to go places they never could go before. Before, they were pretty much tied to home. They could walk around to different places. If they had a horse, they could get somewhere. But the Model T suddenly expanded horizons. And so if they wanted to go to the mountains, they could go to the mountains. If they wanted to go to the beach, they could go to the beach. They could do much more 
anything they wanted to because now Henry Ford was giving them the Model T and their life was becoming more abundant. You see that? Then after a while, we invented the freeway. Okay, the freeway allowed us to take our vastly improved cars now and go to the mountains or to the beach much more quickly. And we could even go to the beach and the mountains in a day, um, depending on where you live. And so now the freeway is giving us a more abundant life. It's increasing our freedom to have anything we want to have in this particular way of going places we want to go. And uh, then we invented um, satellites. And the satellite gave us the GPS. So now I don't have to ask my wife to struggle with the map and try to figure out where we are on the map so we know where we're going. The GPS, about 95 to 98 percent of the time, gets it right and makes it easy. And we get there because somebody invented a way to help our life to be improved. And it's a form of greater abundance, uh, less frustration, greater liberty. You get the idea. Or let's think about something else like the Hollywood film industry. We all love to have a good movie to go to. Um, what does the movie do for us? It, it allows us to experience somebody else's world. Uh, but we don't have to go there in a car. We can just go to the movie and vicariously we experience somebody else's world. And in fact, it's vastly increased the amount of creativity and artistry to create worlds. So now you can go and visit Narnia, or you can go and visit Hobbiton, or you can uh, fly into the depths of the Death Star, or whatever. And uh, Hollywood has vastly increased its ability to make you feel like you are visiting somebody else's world. And we count that as an improvement. You know, this is, we're, we're, we're on our quest and this is helping us to get there. Or let's look at grocery stores. Just bear with me a little bit more. You can go to your grocery store and you can get ripe strawberries in November. You can buy a papaya or a mango. And in, in our country, we don't, we don't even produce these. And yet somehow we have found a way to produce ripe mangoes and papayas in just the corner grocery store. Do you realize that a hundred years ago, only kings and queens could have something like that for their dinner table or to have ripe strawberries in November or January? It, was, it would be impossible, but we figured out a way to increase our life with, with greater abundance. You get the point. We're on this quest. All of us are. We're moving forward uh, farther and farther. We're providing for ourselves to have a more abundant life, all of us together. We're much further along on this quest than we were 50 years ago, much further along. And that includes dealing with painful things 
also. I went to my dentist uh, last week, two weeks ago, and uh, my dentist is an attractive young lady with a beautiful smile, and she, um, she's pleasant. And I go in there, and she puts me in this chair that's, you know, plush. And uh, I sink back in that chair, and she, she puts the back down, and I almost go to sleep. I'm so comfortable. And uh, then she works in my mouth a little bit. If it's painful, she, she gives me uh, a nice anesthesia in my jaw, which she did, so I won't feel any pain. And uh, she, she's able to, to do a filling in like 10, 15 minutes. So, you know, I don't have to have my mouth open that long. And uh, it can be, you know, kind of hurtful, but not, not very much. And when I consider, for example, 150 years ago in Dodge City, a dentist consisted of a man with a pliers and a chair. And uh, do I make my point that we have come a long way, not only in providing ourselves with the abundant life, but also reducing the levels of pain and problems and suffering. And uh, we really... We really do have a good life, most of us today, compared with 100 years ago, because we've made so much progress on our quest. Okay. But there's a problem. There is a difficulty here that really bothers me. It's been bothering me more and more. In fact, the further along we've gotten on this quest and providing for ourselves, uh, great abundance. The more I'm seeing the evidence of brokenness and disillusionment. I mean, you, you wouldn't have expected this. I, I wouldn't have expected this. And I know it's not just that I'm having a bad day or I'm kind of a depressed person. Um, the, the kind of thing that I'm talking about is what I see all around me and you can't just get in your car and drive away from it because it follows you wherever you're going to go. This brokenness and uh, difficulty that I'm talking about, a, a kind of a feeling of, of widespread disillusionment, is actually backed up by statistics. So let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about. And the reason why I'm I'm getting into this, is that so many people's lives are touched by this. And if we don't deal with this, if we don't recognize it, then we're really not addressing reality. So I'm just trying to be relevant here, even though it's kind of a dark subject, but um, whoever would have expected this? Uh, this is the statistics of people in prison, incarceration, the number of people who are committing crimes and are having to be locked away for the crimes they're committing. Now, when I was young, um, a long time ago, uh, I took a class in criminology, and that was back in the 70s, okay? That's uh, right about here. And we thought, well, through the wonders of science, criminology, sociology, we were going to be able to get rid of 
crime. And we'd just make it disappear altogether. That was the, the assumption. That was the hope. Who ever would have thought that instead of getting better, it was going to get worse, much worse? And uh, does this bother you? Uh, it is a serious thing that's happening. And in our country, the United States of America, we are right at the top of the list. In other words, we've got all the tools to solve these problems, and yet we're not solving them. It, there's a level of brokenness and disillusionment. You see what I'm saying? And it's, it's not just a figment of my imagination. There's a problem out there. Uh, we're looking, we're, 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 we're moving towards this great abundance, and yet people's lives are not abundant in this area. Here's another area. Um, Addiction. A lot of people are suffering from addiction, and it's increasing in numbers and severity. In fact, people are dying from their addictions in large numbers, and here's what bothers me the most. The addictions that we're, we're dealing with, at least in our country, are not coming from drug gangs. They're coming, many of them, from the people we trusted the most to help us to improve our health, the, the medical people and the pharmaceutical people, and they have actually supplied us with what we used to call miracle drugs. Uh, but now these drugs, many of them, have become a curse actually causing us to die young and putting us into uh, really, really horrible slavery, a bondage to these drugs that many people cannot get free from. And so here, again, we're moving towards abundant life, but we're, we're not getting there. I mean, it's, it's an amazing increase of brokenness and disillusionment. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, Teen suicide. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm seeing this. I'm looking at it. I pray a lot for Native people. And there are whole communities that are having to deal with teen suicide by the dozens and by the hundreds. And here we have this, uh, this tragedy in our midst at the very time that we thought we were going to be moving into this wonderful, great, abundant life, and everybody was going to be happy. Um, teen suicide, divorce, broken families. You know, I think God's, God's hope for us is that we would be able to provide families with a, a husband and a wife, a mother and a father, who would stick together, raising their children. The children would grow up in that, that um, environment of faithful love, and they would be secure because they are growing up in that environment, and yet uh, it, it's just not working out that way. And I'd say it's very likely that most, many of the people that are watching this teaching have had to grow up in less than the optimum environment. Um, so we're, we're having to deal with this. It's reality. Um, it's relevance. 
And, and even in the area of health, you know, it, when I was a kid, we thought it was just a matter of time before we would, we would be able to live in wonderful, perfect health, and most everybody would. Um, but it's just not working out that way. And in fact, um, those who study this issue tell us that the next generation is likely to be a generation that lives a shorter life than the previous. The first one uh, for many, many years that is going to have a shorter life than the previous generation. We've had a huge increase in cancers. And, uh, and here we are in the country that, that has the American Cancer Societies doing all this research, and yet Cancer has increased so that we are number one or two or three. We're right at the top of the list for cancers. And something is, is just not right. There's something going wrong. We're not achieving our quest. Major areas in which we, we're on the quest, but we're slipping backwards. And so what's the problem and how can we solve this problem? Uh, I believe in this quest. I believe that God wants us to be on this quest. He made us for this quest. And Jesus came that we might have life more abundant. It says that in the scriptures, God's word. So what's the problem here? And how does Jesus help us to solve it? Well, um, Jesus who says, I came that they might have life more abundant, uh, is telling us what we need for this is something that we never, we never thought we needed, and that is a pattern of life. So he gives us the pattern of life through his apostles, and this is the, this is the description that, that he gives us. Um, he says, through his apostles now, I'm quoting the Apostle Paul from Galatians 5, 6, nothing else matters but only this, faith working through love. So there's the pattern right there. Uh, it's a pattern that is definite. It's, it's something we learn. It's something we dedicate ourselves to learning and walking out. And uh, in another scripture, uh, 1 Timothy 1, 4, and 5, uh, these are on our list for um, the end of this, for next week, and for this, this coming week. You can look these scriptures up. First uh, Timothy, verse 4 and 5. Uh, this is the goal of the Christian life, love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. So that's another description of the same pattern. And if you compare those two, they're... They're the same, except that the First Timothy one, the second one that I quoted, um, just um, increases the, the detail of it. It's like you, you see a little bit more that true love has to include uh, a good conscience and a pure heart. So we're defining love there the way God defines it. But it's the same pattern. If you look at, at it carefully, Faith working through love. Faith expressing itself in love. And we can't really hope to have an abundant life unless we're learning that pattern. But now here's another uh, level of reality. We can't learn that pattern. 
We can't learn it by just trying hard. Uh, people who try it hard discover it's a lot more elusive than they realize. And so what we need in order to get that pattern, in order to lead to the abundant life that Jesus talks about, we need to be able to walk with God. And as we're walking with God, he will help us to live by that pattern. He'll teach us what that pattern will entail for us. He will give us the power to walk it out as we walk with him. So walking with God is a part of the, of the whole picture that Jesus brings to us as he's showing us the way to the abundant life. So it's not necessarily by getting a car, going to the coast or the, going to the mountains or buying the, the, the papayas and the mangoes in the grocery store. Um, it's by learning this pattern, which can only be learned if we walk with God. So I have learned these things myself. I've been walking with God for quite some time, discovering that this way of faith working through love actually does work. It really does make our lives far more abundant. And in fact, all those other things seem sort of trivial compared with this. And I, I can say, I really recommend this to you. I recommend that you would learn how to walk with God so that you could learn how to walk in the pattern that he gives you, faith working through love. Love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. So, this is kind of what I'm hoping that you will gain from this. I'm just trying to map out where this teaching leads and show you that it, it will be worth your while if you stick it out, if you move through the entire teaching. Um, hang in there with me, okay? Because I believe that we're going to start with step one, step two, step three in how to connect with God. That's going to lead us how to walk with God that's going to lead us how to learn the pattern of sound teaching, and that's going to lead us to the abundant life. Okay, so just trying to give you a picture of where we're headed, and I hope you'll go with me, all right? Next week, we're going to, to deal with step one, square one on the quest. <laughs>